Hello and welcome to the Save My Mental Health podcast for this week. I am your host as usual, um, and I hope you all had a good week, and I hope that you were able to be good humans over this last week. I hope that you were able to maybe be productive. I hope that you were able to maybe find some new things out about yourself in your life. Maybe you're able to get through a hardship. Maybe you're have been experiencing trauma. Maybe you got some relief from that. Maybe you went to therapy for the first time. Maybe you started a new relationship. Maybe you started a new job. Maybe you started a new journal that you're willing to write in every night. Could be a, a lot of maybes in terms of possibilities um, for what what you wonderful humans wrote to this past week. Um, so I wish you all well regardless of um, what status you're in or what where you're coming from and or where you are in the world and this is a was a weird week um, <clears throat> so I guess just in terms of like I don't know qualifying myself for the I don't know for the like of self check-in or I don't know whatever self-care check-in um, is that I've, I've gotten a little bit bogged down with, um, getting a master's degree at nighttime plus working full time. And I've allowed aspects of self-care to go kind of out the window. And I have, I don't know. I mean, I have a twitch in my right eye, <laughs> which I'm gathering is from stress and, um, I've tried to sprinkle in some meditation, some some prayer, some um, talking to some people about it. Um, it it's been a couple of weeks between uh, therapy sessions. Um, I've put exercise in there, you know, trying to eat relatively well. Some journaling, as I mentioned, that hopefully maybe some of you are doing as well. Uh, but just kind of doing a recount of my day and just kind of being more in tune and trying to acknowledge, acknowledge some gratitude for, you know, the space that I get to live in and the, the life that I get to have and the things that I get to do and, you know, the, the relative health that I have and having my faculties in order, having all of my limbs intact and having everything, you know, sort of at my disposal to be whatever it is that I want. And in making all of these uh, future strides and these future goals and these aspirations and these um, different aspects of human existence that I want to experience it's it's taxing and you know there's thoughts or fears about <clears throat> you know the podcast not doing well or something in the future and like you know what if I make a thousand episodes and it doesn't reach the audience I want it to reach. And, you know, what, you know, what did I spend my time on then? Or what did I, why did I, why did I do that? And really the answer that I keep coming back to for that is because partially it's for me, but partially it's because I know that eventually people will listen and people have been, and it's been getting a good response um, from different parts of the world, which is um, shocking and astonishing to me. Um, but that lets me know that, that it does reach people. And, um, of course my brain just wants it to reach 
more and more and more and more. And I realized that the, no matter what the reach is, it'll never be enough. So I need to be self-satisfied with the fact that I get to do it at all and that I get to, I get to express these aspects of myself and hopefully pass along information that could be helpful and, and hopefully provide just, um, just a guy kind of chatting with himself essentially or talking to you or whatever aspects of this speak to you and I hope it resonates and I hope that you're able to practically apply some of this stuff to your life because it's stuff that I do for myself it's stuff that I've done to get sober and stay sober and um, of course oh, just bash my microphone of course getting sober is not a prerequisite for you know any part of life if you don't if you're not that way and you live another way that's completely fine um and i think there are millions of different ways you could live your life and this particular way of life for me just happened to be the one that works the best um and gives me the best chance at succeeding but that being said um and if any of you out there are listening that are in the sober world or are people that are trying to get you know help or that um have had help in the past that maybe have been sober before or i've just been thinking about getting sober in the future or it's kind of been a trendy thing to jump on is, is to get sober i've seen it a lot on uh, tiktok I've, I've seen it also on like instagram and other pages um people kind of recording their sober journeys and um mine would have been pretty boring because you would have just followed me going to meetings um, twice a day for a year. <laughs> and uh, in between those meetings, I was watching Netflix and I was, uh, I was eating candy and I was smoking packs of cigarettes. So uh, it wouldn't have been that glamorous of a, a recorded journey. And at the time, you know, we weren't really filming things and putting them out there like that. Um, now that's, that's all we do. So... Um, I want to say that I think, oh, I think I can hear my cat yelling at me in the background because I won't let her into my studio room. Anyways, um, so I think that regardless of what stance you're coming from, um, you know, in the sober realm, this is just, you know, just a side, side note is that I've had kind of the... Um, Kind of the, the insanity aspect of it return a little bit. Um, that side of your brain that talks to you that I think will be there, I don't think, I know will be there for the rest of my life. And it's just something that as as an addict and alcoholic, this is what I have to deal with. And I don't even necessarily like those labels, but it's a, it's a description for something that lives beneath the surface. And it'll always be there. It'll always check in. It always has something to say. And lately, kind of the the gravity of the insanity or the insane thoughts have been getting getting more frequent. And it's becoming like it's making me feel um, kind of like it's going to put me eventually it's going to put me at a crossroads where I have to make a decision on whether sobriety is something that's that's worth it for me. Um in the long run, I've been sober for, I don't know, 13 and plus years, 13 and a half. 
and that's a really weird uh, juncture to be at. And it's based on a lot of different factors in my life. And um, it's just this kind of this nagging sense of wanting to wanting to check out, which I know from the work that I do is very dangerous. And I know from the from the hundreds slash thousands, maybe thousands of, of people that I've helped or clients that I've helped that the verbiage that exists in our minds is super important. And the, the, the line of conversation that's happening in mine is, is in the danger zone. And I know that. And as such, I've been talking about it nonstop in, in, you know, my closest relationships. And I bring it up all the time because I think it's something that's worth talking about consistently because if I don't, that it'll just be something that if, if it stays in my brain and it stays up there and it just kind of recycles itself up there over and over and over again, eventually that crossroads will come and it'll be really quick and the decision will be made before I even get there. And the decision won't be one that's relatively uh, positive for my future. It, it, makes, it makes things turn into a lot of unknowns and a lot of scary unknowns. And... Since I know there's something in me that doesn't want that, um, I think that's why I've been reaching out more than more times than I could care to count. And, and there's people there that are <clears throat> definitely assisting me along the way, and, and I appreciate that um, to no end because it's it's valuable, and it comes when it's supposed to, and it comes when you when you actually reach out. And um, I'm always kind of amazed by that because at some point I feel like people. I don't know, the relationships I used to have weren't weren't really trust-based and they weren't really people that weren't really there for you. And when you're going through difficult stuff, you'll know who's there and who's not and who's a real friend and who's who's being a fake friend to you and who's a a very a surface friend. Um, I guess we could kind of lump fake friends and surface friends in the same category. Um, if you try to go below anything below surface level, it... You know they'll back off and you probably won't see them for a while so um <clears throat> i think in terms of real true friends people that would actually be there for you you're only going to get a few of those in your life maybe if you're lucky maybe a handful and i'm uh, lucky enough to have a few of those for myself so and i really think those people have saved my saved my bacon over the last few weeks and can't can't say enough about that. I can't appreciate that enough. So if you if you have people like that in your life and you're not talking to them about things like this and they're they're the people that you should be talking to things of things like this about, do it. It's the only thing I can tell you is do it. And whatever the response is, is whether it feels like it's shameful or or makes presents guilt or whatever the experience is, doesn't really matter so much as the willingness to step up and say something on my own behalf about something that's going on that I haven't would wanted to talk about. That's one of my, one of my encouragements for the week or one of my, one of my, um, um, podcast assignments, if you will, <clears throat> would be to find somebody that you're close with that you haven't been talking to about the things that are going on in your head and the things that are going on in your life in a very serious level, because maybe you haven't felt ready or you haven't felt like it was the right time or you haven't felt like you don't know if you want to, if you can manage this yourself. I want you to try to step outside of that for a second because it's um, pretty impossible to, to fix the issues that exist in our minds with the mind that continues to recycle and create new ones. Just food for thought. 
And with that, I'm going to move into my topic for this evening, which is which is the concept of facades or personas. And I could start by also qualifying myself to this end and having had many facades over the course of my life and many personas and many different things. I was, some would say, very chameleon-like um, in the beginning of my of my life journey. And really that was born from... Um, I don't know, being fearful. And when you can change into different things, you can be thing, uh, things that people need when they need them. And you can kind of shield yourself that way by, by just transitioning into different different personas and being the tough guy and being the, the guy that has the stuff. And you can be the guy that has the, I don't know, the guy that has the cool car, the guy that has the, the cool comebacks, the guy that has the cool... Uh, girlfriend, you can be the guy that has, you know, just the guy, you know, people, there's always a guy and you can be the guy. And, um, you know, that transitioned into me, stuff going on at home or like whatever um, I was experiencing throughout my adolescence and into teens and into early adulthood and, you know, where I'm at now, like a lot of it was, um, fear driven. So a lot of it was, what can I do to offset this fear is, well, I would present as scary or I would present as off putting or I would present as really quiet or I would present as just having a facial expression. Like I'm not somebody that you a want to mess with or B want to talk to. And I, I could shield myself that way. I could protect myself that way from, you know, any potential further harm because I was always living in a status of fear. So those, the, you know, those tough guys that really kind of put themselves out there and really get in people's faces and really, really kind of act like, you know, they carry that, like that demeanor. A lot of them are scared uh, for various reasons. Water break. Um, they're scared and they probably have things that they're trying to hide so your local bully is probably full of more fear than anybody you've ever met in your entire life and he will take that out on you time and time again and <clears throat> you know having that experience actually being bullied myself and then sort of not bullying thereafter but uh getting retribution in the way that like i would um <clears throat> be very selective about who I let into my friend group and I was very instead of like bullying people directly I was sort of like indirectly um moving puzzle pieces around or chess pieces around and I was you know I would ostracize somebody socially or I would do you know just whatever I could to you know get retribution for what I experienced and that obviously doesn't work as a as a carrying uh mode of operation you can't you can't work that way it gets tiresome you know put playing games all the time and um trying to get retribution on on people that had nothing to do with that situation and trying to like you know free myself from this this life of fear this the feelings of inadequacy or the low self-worth or low self-esteem and trying to make up for having no confidence and um you know it's it's a lot of work and it's you know that's why when you're dealing with adolescents and and teens and young adults it's it's especially adolescents and young and teens is like you know everybody in that environment is trying to find themselves and at that time they're experiencing all these different things 
nobody knows what the hell is going on. The, and then it's just a mess. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a damn miracle that, that people make it out of those, out of those environments alive. Like, <clears throat> and some don't like some kids don't, which is scary. Um, but the way that it's set up is so screwed up that it doesn't, that, that's a whole other topic that and it's something in the future that I want to get into. when I, if I have an opportunity to change the way that the system works so that we can, we can do better with that, then that's what I'll do. Um, and that's one of my side goals slash things that is in the back of my mind all the time because of the, what I experienced and then what I know of that age bracket just in general and like how it's evolved and like what it, it just, it's, it's almost like a, it, it shouldn't be a rite of passage. It should be like, we should be helping people more like figure themselves out before they try to figure themselves out in very unhealthy, very uh, malicious ways. And they rope other people into that and they, and they cause problems and they cause destruction and they cause emotional chaos and traumas. And you know what, I mean, not to say that you don't get experience from that, but I feel like there's a better way to go about it. So back to my ideas, my topic of personas or facades, these things can become solidified because it's easier than trying to be me who I might deem as unacceptable and or unlovable or unrespectable so that I, I become this other thing that is because I know it works. And once it works, that's it. That's sort of the death of like whatever version of myself I knew to be the real one or the true one. It's gone because I found something else that works. So personas and facades for me were a regular part of my life. Um, even down to like going to university, like I wasn't, it's a funny enough story, funny slash sad, but like I wasn't actually a student at the university, even though I sort of pretended to be for a while and then somehow got into a fraternity and operated in the fraternity and as an active member and um, just didn't go to school. I was, was pseudo enrolled in the local community college, but um, I found it difficult to go to class with the amount of substances I was using and the amount that I was drinking. So inevitably, I just lived in the fraternity house. And then, you know, when people got weird, when people started graduating and, and all that stuff and all my facades and my personas were kind of coming to a to a halt and people started asking questions like, when are you going to graduate? And like, what are you what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I didn't even know what to say. I was like, I'm on an, I'm on an extended plan. I didn't even know the link, the correct lingo for, for college environments. And, um, and I only mentioned that story just to give you an example of how, just because I'm the behind the podcast microphone does not mean that I'm not like you or that mean that I'm not even maybe, you know, whatever. It doesn't mean that I'm not that I'm not you, or the person that's speaking to you is not somebody who's experienced life on a very interesting plane. And um, to fast forward from that, facades and personas like carried into even me like getting sober because oddly enough, like this, there was this guy that that also went to that school, and he was in meetings, and I would see him in meetings, and like. I kept the gig going because he was from Michigan. I wasn't going to say, I'm not going to say the school name, um, but he was from there. I almost slipped, but he was from there and he was, he was like talking about this in the meetings and that's how we were introduced. And, um, and somebody introduced him to me on that basis because I had already been talking about that and been, you know, whatever. 
So I kept that going for like five months. And then finally I just pulled this guy aside and I was like, look, man, I didn't actually go there. I went to the um, community college, but I was, I was in a fraternity. I did all this stuff. We were basically, you know, living and partying in the same town. Although we never, to my recollection, we never crossed paths. But then again, my recollection of that whole span of years is not really that awesome. And the facade that I was willing to carry, like stone cold sober, I was willing to carry that for five months because it was more comfortable than, again, like getting to a place where I was willing to be myself or, or whoever that even is. I didn't or was. I didn't know who that was. But I knew that he was a lot more fearful and a lot more less sociable and a lot had a lot less confidence and zero self-worth and self-esteem. And um, he was not ready to have that conversation. So when I was ready to have that conversation, it came out. And then then by doing that, by going through these different facades and like unraveling these different versions of myself and these different personas that I used to use to hide because I was stricken with fear. And I was confused and I was having identity crises all the time. And I, my self-image was shattered and I didn't know anything about any f- found part of facet, part, piece, um, nothing about myself. And I was, I was using every method available, every unhealthy method available to try to cover that up and try to make it make myself into something. And it's like trying to be like trying to rebuild a car with parts from cars that aren't the same car and try to like make it, make it, make it fucking drive. You can't, I don't think you can do that. I'm not a mechanic, but I feel like if I take parts from, you know, my BMW and try to put them on a, on a, on a, on a, on a Ford, I don't know if it'll still work. I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, I'm not a mechanic. I just feel like if you put all the wrong parts on a car, it's not going to run. Anyways, that's my example for that. Take that, whether you like it or not. And um, so I was trying to put all these different parts on myself that didn't really fit, and they didn't. They had short shelf lives, and you know, the, really, the only way through was to to expose myself like that to someone and be like, "Hey, you know, this isn't me. I really didn't do this." And by that, that opened up, started opening up the door for a lot more opportunities for me to tell the truth once in a while. And then I started telling the truth a lot and then all the time. And then it became a regular thing. It's not to say that I'm some superhuman that doesn't lie because that would be inaccurate. I do definitely lie. And I lie to myself a lot and I lie to other people too. But wouldn't you know it? There's no perfection in this world. There's no perfect person. There's no that doesn't exist. So if somebody tells you that they don't lie, they're, they just lied to you. I hate to tell you, but at any rate, these facades can be exposed. The parts of myself that I use them for can be brought up and I can, I can heal from those things and I can reestablish my identity. And then I don't have to be anything but me. I don't have to be anything but Joshua 24 hours a day, seven days a week, unless I choose to. Now, when you get into some of the more normal circumstances that you're going to find yourself in, like a work environment or school environment or dinner with friends environment or family gathering environment, you name it, you know, there's going to be parts of yourself that you're going to keep at bay because of certain people or because your family doesn't really need to know who you are at your core. They don't really need to know how your life exists outside of their of their protective uh, bubble 
there's just things that they don't need to know. There's things that family members don't need to know. Just by the same token, like when I'm at school, even though I'm in the master's program where we're supposed to be, you know, we're therapists in training. So you would think that everyone was willing to go deep and everyone was really willing to use that as a time to like share about themselves and learn about themselves. But that's not always the case. So when you have those cases, you, you're not going to have encounters all the time where it's where you're just going to be. Everybody's going to be that way. So I still allow myself to be that way because that's what I want out of that. I want I know when I output that I get input back and I also get something out of being able to share parts of myself and being able to. It's like it's almost like a therapeutic process that I that I'm involved with with an educational um, educational piece to it. So sometimes, um, like if you go out to dinner with people from said establishment, like a school, and, and I guess I am actually an enrolled student, which is nice. It trips me out every time I see my ID card and I'm actually getting a master's degree. And I also have a bachelor's, which is amazing as well, um, just given the, the context of my story. And, um, you know, I'm not going to be my full transparent self at a dinner where there's like eight people because... It's a social situation and it's just not necessary. It's and and my 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 personality, my my personality, my true person does not does not translate over a group. It's more of a one on one setting type type situation or maybe 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 a tripod, I don't know. But one on one definitely I can translate my true self. I can be my true self depending on who's sitting across from me, of course. And then you'll sit in front of those people where you can be completely yourself and you don't have enough to think about it. That's a that's a wonderful, wonderful situation. And I have people like that, too. When I go into work or when I'm at work, I have a professional persona that I put on that I that I use certain language. You know, the way that I speak in emails, the way that I text, the way that I answer phone calls, the way that I end phone calls. That's a that's a that's a persona. It's a professional persona. It's a way that I engage in that environment and i think those things are different compartments of my life that you know i'm not going to go in and be my my completely authentic self because it's not appropriate for that environment not that my my true self is inappropriate but it's not appropriate aspects of it aren't appropriate for that particular environment and so i i I table those things and i snap into professional guy i snap into professional mental health counselor and that's that's my role. Then when I leave my office and I leave that, if I see a friend or a family member, then I step into those roles and I'd be, I have a persona for that. And we have an interaction based on that. Um, you know, when I let my guard down and I'm my true self, that doesn't happen, have to happen all the time. This doesn't mean I'm not being authentic. It just means that the environments that I'm in are calling for different versions of, of myself. And it's calling for me to be different things at different times. Like when I'm in a school environment, like I mentioned earlier, like it's a, that's a different hat that I wear as well. And you've got to gauge your surroundings to see what it is that you, what you're comfortable with. But, you know, when we're out in public, we're doing the whole like head nod thing. Like, thank you. Excuse me. You know, all of the polite, like, you know, um, appropriate ways of just existing and out in a public setting, you know, where, you know, what I, am I going to do that at home? Like when I pass by somebody in my house, am I going to be like, excuse me? Am I going to be like, you know, head nod, like have a great day, bro? No, probably not. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, we just have, we have, 
you know, it's kind of like wearing a mask and taking it off, you know, metaphorically, physically, we've had to do that whole mask thing for a while. Um, we take that thing off. It's like, you go home. It's like, now we're not doing, we're, you know, behind closed doors of my house. I'm not doing the COVID thing. I'm not wearing a mask at my house. So we were literally putting on masks for the last two years. And then when we took them off in our cars, that was like a, a literal representation of what we do when we go places and we do things and we interact and we have experiences and we go to different aspects of our life and we tune into different things based on appropriate appropriateness and whatever environment we're in. And I think the concept of masks and facades and um, personas is very important. I need to know how many I have. I need to know why I use them. I need to know where they came from. I need to know what they're guarding or hiding or what are they providing security for or what are they, what am, what am I getting from them? Are they detrimental? Are they healthy? Are they unhealthy? You know, these are some questions that I would encourage you to ask yourself if you're, if you've been having an issue with, you know, kind of finding that solidified identity piece where you know who you are and you can be relatively the same person wherever you are, where, wherever you go, of course, within the scope of appropriateness for whatever environment you're in. But for the most part, you can be your true self, um, again, based on levels of appropriateness and where you're at. So my encouragement for you this week would be to maybe maybe write down what what masks you have and where, where you use them and why how often they come out and who they come out to and you know how often during throughout a week are you actually your true authentic self where you feel like you're really truly connected with like i'm this is who i am and i'm being you know mostly the same person everywhere i go or how often are you spent trying to pretend to be something else or pretend to Pretend that everything is okay when it's not. Pretend that you um, like a job when you don't. Pretend that you like a relationship when you don't. Pretend that you um, like yourself when you don't. Pretend that you like going out and um, drinking with your friends and you don't. And you're afraid to stop doing that because then you wouldn't have any friends and you feel like you'd be alone. Um, whatever it is, those are just a few examples of the thousands or hundreds of thousands that, that probably exist out there. So my encouragement would be is to see where your masks are and see why they're being used, where they come from and how often you use them versus how often you're actually your authentic self. If you even know who your authentic self is. And if you don't, that would be my main encouragement is to figure out who that, um, guy or gal is and um really explore that piece of it so then you can draw from that what what masks are being used or what personas or facades and um why they're being at why they're being accessed and why they're being um why they're being used more than you trying to figure out an authentic version of yourself that that works and again, a lot of this relates back to the, the whole, you know, childhood experience thing leading into adolescence and teenage years and, and adult years. And, and we, you know, we have experiences throughout those times that create a great setup for facades and personas and all that stuff. And for us to be scared and to hide and to, and to, um, and to evade and to run away and to emotionally hide and to compartmentalize and all sorts of wonderful stuff. So... If you find yourself in that position, it might be worthwhile to think back on that and maybe do some writing and figure out why am I operating the way that I'm operating in my life and where does this shit come from? Because it's it's worth exploring to figure it out. 
And once you can be your authentic self, I can tell you that that is the route to getting to the most comfort that you can get in your skin. And that's ultimately what we all want. Whatever, whatever, um, whatever side things we engage in in our lives to try to make ourselves more comfortable. It's uh, all of this is in the essence of trying to get comfortable in our skins and, and trying to get the right combination so that we can be the most comfortable possible at all times in our skin by any means necessary. So whatever that means for you, whatever regiment you have, I would encourage you to look at that as well and see if we can't shape that up into being a little bit more, um, more on the healthy end, if you know what I mean. So again, I appreciate your listenership wherever you are um, on this planet and I appreciate your time and I will talk to you next time. Goodbye.